Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, we're recapping the last game before the holidays. We've got the World Juniors coming up, and we're going to look back at the 2022 draft class and whether or not it can change this franchise. All that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 980 of Locked On Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you prefer video, we are, of course, on YouTube.com. Just search Locked On Canadians or Locked On whatever your favorite team is, because this network brings you your favorite team every single day of the week. And today's episode is brought to you by the folks at Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Now, you may be wondering, it's been a while. Who am I? I am your host for today. I am uh, Scott Matla. I had to miss Friday's episode. There were some uh, uh, technical difficulties on my end for recording-wise, so Laura stepped in and handled that. And with it being Boxing Day and them actually celebrating that in Canada, I said, don't worry about it. I will take care of this episode Get everything squared away with that. Uh, it's, well, first and foremost, hope everyone had a very lovely holiday for those who are celebrating Christmas. If not those, if you get to spend time with your family, friends, whomever, uh, I hope you had a very uh, blessed and relaxing holiday there. I have eaten enough prime rib, mac and cheese, potato, and gravy that I probably will not be moving out of the chair that I'm recording in for at least another three days. And if you are wondering, wow, Scott, you ended up with another New Jersey? I did. Uh, Carly was nice enough to get me a Josh Allen, uh, Wyoming Cowboys college football Jersey, because Lord knows I do not have enough football jerseys already. So, but you don't want to hear about my Christmas. And if you do, we can do that for the mailbag, uh, later on this week. You can just tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. If you have any questions about that, uh, I realized that they played a game after we were done recording for the holiday week. Obviously we didn't record anything on Christmas Eve or Christmas day, Time spent with family, you're all with your families. We 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 made that decision on there. If we didn't communicate that clearly enough, our apologies on that front. But I'm looking at the way things are now. Uh, the Canadians beat the Chicago Blackhawks 5-2 the day before the Christmas holiday kicked in. Everybody kind of went away for a little bit. Uh, and the Habs are off until the 28th when they will play the Carolina Hurricanes next. We'll... Maybe do a little game preview in there before that when Laura comes back off for the next episode here. Uh, but a good game, a good game that started terribly. Let me let me actually phrase this that way. Canadians got a goal and an assist from David Savard, Yuri Slavkovsky, and Nick Suzuki in this game. Josh Anderson added another goal as well. And Mitchell Stevens got his first goal in a Habs uniform in the 5-2 win. But the Canadians did not start well because they played on Friday in a game that, as you saw from my Twitter feed and Lickler talked about, was not the crispest and best game we've seen the Habs play this year. Not not even close, which the wild there's something about the Minnesota Wild that turns the Habs brains off. So when I said this to uh, Ian Boisvert and I said this on Twitter uh, uh, on my own feed that 
they're going to come out and play one of the sloppiest, ugliest games against Chicago, which could lead to Chicago doing that thing where Connor Bedard scores a bunch of points because he's Connor Bedard and we are not. Luckily for the Canadians, going down to nothing allowed them to kind of flick that switch and, you know, kind of get that engine going there. This is a game they won 5-2 that they should have won 5-2. And I know people are looking at Tankathon and, oh no, the points in this. I don't like the team losing to someone who they should beat very clearly. Right now, Tankathon has the Canadians uh, drafting 11th in the mock draft. One behind Detroit, which is weird. Um, and then ahead of teams like uh, the Blues and the Wild and San Jose with one of their other first round picks there. I'm just making sure I have that in the correct order. Yeah, right now Detroit is has the 10th overall pick. Weird. Um, anyways, not not super important there. But the big thing about this is it's it's a streak of things happening here. Uri Slavkovsky, goal in back-to-back games, setting new career highs in less games. David Savard, goal-scoring streak, which is a wild thing to say. And surprisingly enough, David Savard has his flaws, and we've talked about them a lot on this show. He seemed to have brought the best back out of Mike Matheson, which is so crucial for this team. David Savard is kind of back there doing what he does and occasionally doing a pretty good job of getting pucks on the net there. And Mike Matheson is back to, and I'm going to say this in the most affectionate way possible. I call it twinkle toes because he is just dancing out there around people on his edges through people. He's, he's dancing and gliding like Ang in the last airbender, which if anyone's watched the show, Toph calls him twinkle toes because he is so light on his feet. That is prime Mike Matheson is doing that. He's dancing around there and it's opening up so many more opportunities for this offense here. We know a guy like Caden Gooley can carry the puck. Someone like Arbor Jacki when he's in the NHL can carry the puck. Now we know Jaden Struble when he wants to will carry the puck and do so with a plum. And Matheson doing that though is just on a different level that uh, invigorates this offense in a way that uh, I haven't seen uh, since, you know, until David Savard's gotten back. And no, Savard's never going to win the fancy stats competitions, but he's unlocking a big part of Matheson's game that is so crucial to making this Canadian's offense click the way that it needs to here. One of the biggest things, too, and uh, that it shouldn't be forgotten here, is Caden Goo- or um, Caden Primo, not Caden Gooley. I do love Caden Gooley, and I will get into uh, some of the pro- though the younger defensemen in a moment here, but... Uh, Caden Primo is undefeated on the road this season, uh, putting together a pretty solid looking season here. I haven't had a chance. I'm going to take a look at his numbers while I'm right here with y'all this season. He's four and oh on the season. Uh, hold on. No, that's four wins. Sorry. That's my fault. He is uh four and two this season. I believe four and three. Sorry. NHL.com for whatever reason, doesn't list his losses in his main stat line there. So he is undefeated on the road which is absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, but this year, 3.2 goals against, 902 save percentage, one assist, two penalty minutes, everything you want out of a backup goaltender. And this is not to say that Jake Allen hasn't also, you know, played well for a backup goaltender here, and I'm taking a look at his stats right now. Jake Allen's 4-6 with two, four and six in, with two overtime losses as well, so 4-6 and two, 3.43, 904 save percentage. 
the Canadians are getting pretty decent goaltending across the board. Uh, that it's not getting any easier, but Primo being put in tough spots is a back-to-back game. And yes, Chicago isn't good, but you have a tired, more tired team in front of you here. Comes out, yeah, two goals against, not great, but some of those I don't really blame him for around the net there. And then he just kind of shut the door on it. He looks so much more confident this year than any other thing that I've seen than I've seen outside of the AHL. Uh, and that's good news for the Canadians because again, you have opportunities. If Montembeau is your guy, you have two quality options now to go to. And yeah, if it's a rebuilding year, I'm leaning towards Caden Primo, but we'll find out when that roster freeze list lifts in, what, in about 36 hours, I think, from the time that I'm recording this. Uh, special shout out in this game to Jaden Struble, who uh, killed a man straight up. He ran into, I believe it was uh, Mackenzie Entwistle, and then someone else came to hit him, and he just went straight forward, launched a man off his skates. Entwistle grabs him. They get in a fight. Struble hammers him, and then for whatever reason, the officials jump in, are holding Struble back while he's still getting punched. Jaden Struble is stronger than you. Whatever you think, you might be taller, you might be quicker, you might be older. Jaden Struble is stronger than you are. He is built like a brick house, and he will hit you like a brick house. And the more and more I see, the less and less I can send him back. I have the sequence up on my on my Twitter account there. Uh, just two big hits, and then he just throws down with... Absolutely no thought, just like Caden Gooley did against the Wild, where he absolutely smoked Kaprizov and then beat the brakes off of Marco Rossi. Love seeing a little bit of snarl from that defense to go with the skill that they have on this young side here. Speaking of young prospects, it is World Junior season. Day one of the World Juniors, it is still going on right now, but the Habs prospects have wrapped up for the day. And I'm going to go over day one with y'all when we get back into it. Uh, but for, uh, well, yeah, we're going to go over day one of that and that's all coming up next. But first today's show is also brought to you by our friends at game time. The holiday season might've just ended, but that doesn't mean you still can't give the gift of great tickets to your family, friends, and other loved ones. I know it is hard to buy tickets, especially NFL playoffs are around the corner here. Baseball season starts soon. Hockey season is in full swing. The NBA is in full swing. Shows, concerts, everything. It can be a nuisance. Game time takes all the guesswork out of that because you can, when you go to buy your ticket, you will see the view from your seats. You will not be surprised when you get there. Obstructive view. You, what you see on the website is what you are getting. And the best part is there's no extra fees added into this. You will pay an all in one price upfront. So you are not surprised by hidden fees at checkout. And it's the lowest price guaranteed with event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and so much more to make sure you get exactly what you want when you buy tickets with Game Time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Some terms will apply, but again, create an account, redeem code L O C K E D O N N H L for twenty dollars off your purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we are back here at Locked On Canadians. Of course, your daily Canadians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And when you're done listening to us, 
If you want sports talk all day long from local experts like myself, Locked On Sports Day, 24-7 stream on YouTube. That's Locked On Sports Today on YouTube.com. Hear from all of our local experts, our national shows, everything all in one place all day, every day. World Juniors has started. We had preseason uh, or pre-tournament games last week going into the holiday here. Boxing Day is always the traditional start to this. I did not get up at 6 a.m. to watch Slovakia and Czechia, though I kind of wish I had because watching the highlights and clips and catching up with some of the prospect folks this morning, I missed quite a game. Czechia is one of those teams that's always a threat to put up a ton of points, steal games, and really just kind of make it everyone's problem. Slovakia coming into this is missing some of their still eligible top players. Juraj Slavkovsky could have gone, did not go. I believe Simon Nemec also could have gone, did not go to this game here. And this was just a game where Czechia came out, played really well to start, and then it was just all, all Slovakia. They, they put the gas on there and they didn't take their gas off and they didn't take their foot off the gas at all there. And I think that in and among itself is the best thing possible because comp it breeds competition. And for the Hab side of things that you're looking for here, a big part of what allowed uh, this game to flip on its head was Philip Mashar setting up Servak Petrovsky for uh, Slovakia's first goal. And then it was also later on, it was... Uh, Mashar feeding Petrovsky again later on in the third period to kind of put this game out of reach. Mashar played 18 minutes, uh, averaged 43 minutes a shift, two assists, two primary assists, plus two on the game. He was, he's hitting that next level that you want. And I'm looking at some of the names on here. A guy like Dalibor Dvorsky, who is supposed to be playing a bigger role, minus two. Martin Mizak, minus two. Alex Cernak, minus two. It was Mashar's line that seemed to be the one that could get things going. And then the defense, uh, Maxim Strabek, who, uh, when I spoke to him at the combine, had nothing but good things to say about Uri Slavkovsky and how like much of a monster he is out there. Uh, in net, uh, Adam Gajan, you know, 27 saves on 29 shots. This is a great start for, for the, for that, for, uh, bleh, for Slovakia. Because sometimes they have one of those games where they get tripped up and things don't go well or don't go their way, and the wheels kind of fall off a little bit. They're a scary-looking team here, the team that, and we will get to the U.S. at the end here and why I'm a little bit afraid of that, is that they have the ability to just absolutely eat someone alive. Uh, to borrow a quote from Sky on Air from uh, the Seattle Kraken site with four hockey fans and everything, Offense is scary there, and they can click on the special teams there. Philip Mashar, especially, is a monster at that kind of thing, and I'm really excited to see what he can do there. Uh, the second game, uh, Canada 5-2 over Finland in a, a sloppy, sloppy game. Uh, I was listening to this and kind of watching this as I went along here. Uh, not Canada's best game. I'm just kind of looking at the, the the statistics here. Penalty, 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 like... Too many penalties. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, six penalties. Uh, they are probably lucky that the uh, 
Finns only uh, scored on one of them. Just not not a good game for Canada. They won, but it's a quiet game. And yes, Finland is a very, very good team. Like, obviously a very good team here. That's not to take anything away uh, from the Finns. And, but this is a game that Canada could have easily given away if the Finnish special teams were operating at a little bit higher level. The big thing out of this game is it seems like the line that Owen Beck was on, they were calling it the bad line. Uh, Beck, Allard, and Danielson uh, did a lot of damage in this game here. Danielson had two goals. Allard had a goal. Beck didn't get on the score sheet with assists, but he's that guy there. He is their Swiss Army knife. No pun intended for this tournament. I'm really curious if they move that line up a little bit more because Finland isn't a bad team. They are not quite where their peak was four to five years ago. They're still very good, though. It's a good win for the Canadian side, but there's more there. There can be more there. Uh, and speaking of there can be more there, the U.S. survived a hell of a scare against Norway. Uh, Lane Hudson and Jacob Fowler played in this one. Fowler was the backup to Trey Augustine, who was phenomenal in this game. Uh, should be player of the game. I haven't seen who was voted player of the game because it just ended as I sat down to record here. Uh, he was the difference. Norway just came out and they threw everything at the U.S. They came out. They showed no fear. Uh, Jared Book pointed out to me. 15 returning players on the Norway team here from last year. This is a group that has played together and has experience. The U.S. team has some experienced guys coming back, but also new players, same with a team like Canada, and they showed no fear. Their goaltender was phenomenal. The U.S. came away with a 4-1 win because that top-end talent finally kind of broke through uh, the dam, as Hattie Kalakesh from Lockdown NHL Prospects called it. When they get one, eventually... It's going to go through Gavin Brindley with a pair of goals in this one quiet game for Lane Hudson, but this was also a game where mostly there weren't the Americans were the one taking penalties in this game. They didn't allow their strength to, uh, to shine here where they get a man advantage. Lane Hudson operates in space effectively. Norway played aggressive pressing hockey that here's the thing is Hudson is very good under pressure and making the most of that. But at the same time, he, he cannot just overcome it constantly. I'm not worried about this at this point right now. Uh, we'll see their next game is against Czechia. I believe if I had that correct, I just want to double check that uh, for you all, because we will try and do updates as best we can here. Uh, on they don't play again until the 28th. The U.S. play the Swiss uh, in Frölunda. So uh, coming up tomorrow, the uh, I believe uh, the Slovaks will play the Swiss. The Finns will play the Germans. Uh, Norway will play the Czech Republic, and Canada will play Latvia in the four games tomorrow. Then the U.S. will play the Swiss on the 28th. Germany will play Sweden on the 28th. Slovakia will play Norway on the 29th. And then uh, Finns and Latvia. Are, so, yeah, the U.S. don't play again until the 28th. So they have a day off to kind of watch here and see what the Swiss do against Slovakia tomorrow. And we'll find out if Slovakia was a little bit of a flash in the pan or not. But as far as we're tracking points and everything for this tournament, Philip Machar has two. Hudson and uh, Beck have none at this current point. I'm just going to double check the scoreboard here. 
to make sure I didn't miss anything. Oh, nope. Lane Hudson got an assist on Isaac Howard's late goal. So he has one, he has one assist on the game here. So, and that was a power play goal. It looks like so. Um, yeah, still maybe not the debut. Many people were expecting from Lane Hudson in this, but give it time. We know the quality that Lane Hudson brings to this. And speaking of quality and Lane Hudson, the 2022 NHL draft was important for the Canadians. Really, really important. Was it franchise altering though? We'll discuss that coming up next. But first, our show is also brought to you by the fr- folks at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. It's safe, secure. You can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And the best part is when you win, you can cash out instantly there. So you, if your team covers the spread there, guess what? Cash out, get your 150 bucks. go enjoy. Well, go enjoy some nice cheese. It is fondue season and whatnot. All you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and us here at Locked On. And we are back, or I am back. I am your host. I am, of course, Scott Matla. Apologies if my voice is a little scratchy. I have been talking and laughing and uh, reveling, rev- merry making, I don't know, whatever you want to call it for Christmas uh, the last couple of days. But Something came across my timeline uh, in the past couple days here that I'm now looking back at things and going, huh, maybe so. When I say the 2022 NHL draft class, it was in Montreal, Quebec. Canadians had the first overall pick. They stunned most people by taking Slovakian winger Uri Slavkovsky first overall. Uh, Everyone assumed it was going to be Shane Wright, and then right behind them, the New Jersey Devils took Simon Nemitz. Then Logan Cooley went third and Shane Wright went fourth. As we all know, famously stared down the table, blah, 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 blah. Some people now, and admittedly, a lot of this is, it's very fun to look back in hindsight on things. Uh, but I am looking at this draft right now, sorting it by points right now. Uh, wow, Pavel Minchikov is having a really good season. Anyways, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky leads this draft class in points, which, of course, he's played the most. He's played 72 games, 8 goals, 14 assists, 58 penalty minutes. Uh, Pavel Mintukov, uh, who was picked 10th overall, has 18 points in 33 games played, but he is uh, playing a big role for the Ducks this season. Beyond that, people wanted to know, like, hey, is this a franchise-altering draft class? And you know what? I, I'm kind of looking at it now, and I'm not ready to say that, yes, it's franchise-altering. But it can be. Uri Slavkowski seems to have found his vibe on that line with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. One of the best lines in terms of expected goals in the NHL. Minimum 10 games played together, or in that time frame there. He looks great on that line there. The points are starting to flow. They're not always pretty but they're coming this season more and more often. We're seeing him involved in things and good things are happening. And I don't think he's even hit that next final step that he can be at yet. Philip Mashar is putting together a really strong season in the OHL. 
I thought, you know, a lot of people panicked last year where he was just under a point per game on a bad Kitchener team. This year in 20 games, he has 32 points. And he's been phenomenal for them. He makes so much happen for that team. And yes, Hunter Bruskevitz and Carson Repkoff are also part of that for sure. But Philip Mashar is a guy who can stand out on his own. Uh, and then we go into round two. And round two, we know Owen Beck, 33rd overall, first pick of round two. And he played one NHL game last year because, you know, emergency recall. Obviously, not much happened with that. 30 points in 25 games uh, with the Peterborough Peets this year. He had 25 and 30 games and then 41 with Mississauga before he was traded last year. I still don't think Peterborough is a very good team. Just kind of looking at their team right now. They're not a high-scoring team. Jax Dubois leads the team in scoring as a 20-year-old with 31 points in 29 games. Behind that is Beck and then Jonathan Melee, uh, Samuel Mayer. Uh, Don, there's not a lot of just name to this team right now. So a lot of it is owned Beck doing a lot of heavy lifting there for that side. And then 62nd overall, Lane Hudson. W I know that. Some people looked at it and maybe they wanted other players, but I look at Lane Hudson this year, 20 points in 15 games. He had 48 and 39 last year. He's, he's a freak. Like last year, the under 20 world champion world juniors, four points in seven games, playing a mostly secondary role behind some of the more experienced guys on that team. Those four alone, that if each one of them hits, you have a potential middle six winger in Mashar, a top six winger in uh, Slavkovsky, middle six center in Owen Beck, more than likely a, a great bottom six center, uh, and then a potential top four defenseman, power play specialist in Lane Hudson in those four alone. If I want to go back and look at, I actually want to be able to sort all this out by teams here just because it's, there's a possibility that, yeah, there's a lot that could be that could change this Canadians franchise here. And I'm looking at it right now. So Slavkovsky, Mashar, Beck, and Hudson. That's a great first four, especially since all of them seem to be trending in the right direction there. Also, uh, in round three, 75th overall, Vincenz Roars, who is currently playing in Sweden or Switzerland right now. My apologies. Seems to be one of those sneaky kind of intelligent wingers. Uh, that right now he's playing for ZSC in the National League. 10 points in 29 games. Not an easy league to score in, and he is a 19-year-old kid. He's not an adult playing in this. He had three points in five games for Austria's under-20s at the World Juniors last year, and in the OHL last year he had 49 points in 54 games where he missed time with a really bad concussion, uh, and he's above water in terms of plus-minus in that league there. It's a really impressive step there. Uh, Adam Engstrom which if you've listened to Patrick Bexell on this podcast, someone who could be a very good kind of middle pairing defenseman, bottom pairing defenseman, uh, 12 points in 26 games uh, with Rogel in the SHL this season, uh, put up three points in seven games at world juniors last year, dominated the junior leagues in, in Sweden for that. Uh, beyond that, Cedric Guindon, maybe not as high of a ceiling, but definitely someone I think is, He's a scrappy player, the kind that I think can make it uh, into that bottom six role, likely a fourth line kind of guy. He's 34 points in 31 games for Owen Sound this year. He had 69 points in 68 games last year. And I'm not 100% sure if uh, right now, if Colby Barlow is uh, playing on that team, just because I know 
he was a big part of that offense last year was, was Colby Barlow. No, that is not what I wanted to hit. Sorry about that, folks. I am just trying to bring up their team stats right now this season. Uh, right now, uh, Colby Barlow has 14 points in 14 games. I don't think he got traded, though, unless I'm mistaken here, which I could be. No, he just only played in 14 games. So he's playing at a point-per-game pace there since coming back. But I'm looking at the Cedric Indon is second on the team and scoring behind Denny Gore. Good things to see there. And that's what you want to see from those late-run picks. Jared Davidson's currently playing bottom six minutes with the Lavelle Rocket this year. Still going through his learning phase, not an AHL deal. He really impressed in the preseason and the rookie showcases. He earned his AHL deal. I think he could use some time with the Lions and the ECHL just to get more ice time. Emma Croteau, Pateri Nermi just sent a new contract. He will be over in, uh, I believe it is Finland still. But let me double check his stats. So, yep, playing for HBK in, uh, in Liga. Seven points in 32 games. Never really been an offensive defenseman by that means. Uh, and then Miguel Torini, who I believe is playing with the Lions in the ECHL right now, uh, spent last year in Slovakia. In 28 games with the Lions this year, he has 17 points in 28 games. Three goals, 14 assists, 42 penalty minutes, minus 19. Offensive defenseman. But I take a look at, let's say, those first six picks there. There's a lot you can build a franchise around. And we can have this conversation again in a couple of weeks or in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months when maybe Slavkovsky has slowed down or maybe he's found another gear there. I absolutely think that Nick Bobrov did take a lot of flack, and I understand why from folks about, hey, are we sure this was the right choice to make? Slavkovsky's struggling, doesn't look great. Now that everything's clicking into place here, I think that this group has the potential to be a franchise-altering group. Even if it's those first four picks make the NHL, that's a tremendous hit rate in any NHL draft, let alone hitting on both first and both second-round picks. That's not a thing that happens all that often uh, in hockey, and if you do, you're lucky. You are a blessed, lucky person with that. We'll revisit this in a couple of months when we see what's happened after post-world juniors, who's slowed down in their other leagues. Has Slavkovsky kept up that pace here? Is Lane Hudson still Lane Hudson? But right now, all signs are pointing towards that 2022 draft class doing a lot for this Canadians franchise. And I know we're a ways off from all of them being here at the same time, but I'm feeling a lot more confident than I was a couple of months ago. And that goes into player development. They put Slavkovsky in a spot to succeed, and he has. They made the unpopular decision to send Philip Mashar back to the OHL, and it's paying off. Owen Beck wasn't rushed into an NHL spot to go back and continue to hone things here. As much as they might look unpopular on paper, like not recalling Joshua Waugh, etc., the Canadians seem to be doing a lot of good things to get these players through their development curves right now. Since they haven't recalled Wah, he's gotten a lot better producing five-on-five five with the Rocket. Emil Heineman doesn't look out of place at the NHL, but I think we'll see Wah before too long as well. Arbor Jacka is getting his game rounded out in the in the AHL right now. Maybe they'll send somebody else down when Jordan Harris is back healthy, but I'm I'm this is buying a little bit of a grace period that I'm willing to buy into what they are selling on that. So uh, that is going to wrap up this episode of Locked on Canadians. We will do three up and three down when Laura is back tomorrow to kind of go over a bunch of stuff I wanted to have here her here for that because I thought this draft class thing was a good thing to talk about with y'all today. 
Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow me at Scott Matla on Twitter, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Send us your mailbag questions earlier this week. We are recording on Thursday for Friday, like always. Uh, you can subscribe, watch us on YouTube, wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, or Spotify as well, because we are your team every single day of the week. And when you're done checking us out, Locked On Sports Today, 24-7 stream of all of our local experts and national experts talking about every team from every league that's Locked On Sports Today on YouTube.com. I am signing off, folks. Again, have a, I hope you all had a Merry Christmas, and I will see you all next time.